Our next guest I know is a huge fan of the 12 Days of Christmas. <laughs> Grant Fedorik is uh, owner, physiotherapist at Leading Edge Physiotherapy. We're going to be having another edition here of Fit After 40. Hey, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me no pain in my knee. Right? I got all kinds of them, you oh, know, but goodness. I don't sing well. I, ha I have it on my phone, actually, you singing, because your wife sent me video from the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't turn it into your ring tune. Although, that would wake you up and get your attention pretty quick every time. It sure would. <laughs> and um, here's the thing. I, I when, when we decided what we were going to talk uh, today about, you sent me, said, yes, let's talk about foosh injuries. And I thought, I wanted to talk about falling on the ice and trying to navigate slippery conditions. And then I realized that... That foosh injuries can often happen when you slip on the ice or when you slip and fall. Am I saying it right? Is it foosh? Yeah, you got it. Okay. We treat foosh injuries all the time. And <laughs> people hear these medical terms and they think that everybody in the medical world, you know, use such important terms. And we're, we're the same as everybody else. We love to take letters and turn them into something. But foosh is fall on outstretched hand ah. and uh, from there all kinds of things happen but literally referrals come to us all the time that say foosh injury and then we, we, we got to figure out okay well what happened as a result of that foosh and that's the key and you know what uh, a foosh injury when you fall on that outstretched hand all sorts of things right from uh, muscle uh, from muscle strains and ligament strains mm -hmm. to fractures broken bones you name it it's the gamut yeah, literally, uh, the most common foosh injury we would see, uh, particularly around this weather, when you fall and put that hand out, is a fractured radius. Mm. And when you put your hand out to break the fall and your hand and arm is extended, a lot of force is traveled up through the wrist. And <laughs> so whether you fracture a little bone in the wrist, like your scaphoid, mm -hmm. but most commonly your radius takes the brunt of that and you end up with something called the Caldi's fracture. Very, very common thing with a foosh injury, but there's more than just that there is more than just that because you know what it, I, I don't think it necessarily always has to to be the the wrist or the arm if you've fallen on a patch of ice and maybe you didn't get your arm out in 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 time like I have in the past you can really hurt your backside your back yep. your tailbone your head um, yep. yeah there's a lot of injuries that can happen here yeah, but, you know, on top, just with foosh injuries as an example. So just picture it. You put your hand out, your elbow is locked straight oh, usually, yeah. and your wrist, while it might take the brunt of it, things like dislocated elbows, oh. fracture elbows, um, obviously sprains and strains anywhere all, all the way up to the shoulder. And so with a foosh injury, it's not just the wrist. With these kind of things, you fall, you put your arm out, and you can actually, you can dislocate the shoulder. You can say, have yeah. rotator cuff injuries. Those are all foosh injuries. So now <laughs> put yourself in our shoes, and we get a referral, and it says foosh. And basically, we're like, okay, let's. Uh, we got <laughs> let's a lot of questions. <laughs> we got a lot of questions we have to ask. Uh, if they come in with the cast, it's obvious. So, so um, when it when it comes, yeah, if if it's something broken, I mean, obviously, there's there's things that you have to to go through. There's time in a cast, that sort of thing. But the rehab on it, I mean, it, I, I guess depending. I you know, my 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 kid has had the uh, a fractured scaphe scaphoid. Is that what it is? Scaphoid. Yeah. And that yeah. took. A long time to recovery in fact you end up mm -hmm. having to have surgery on that so some of these you know these yes. again I'm gonna go back to they can be pretty serious 
Yeah, and for somebody listening, the scaphoid's a little bone, basically right at the end of your thumb. And what happens in there, that that little bone that's in there in your wrist and uh, that forms part of your wrist, it doesn't have very good circulation. And mm-hmm. so when you fracture it, number one, if you've had an injury to your wrist and you've fallen and you go into the doctor and get it x-rayed and they say it's fine, just remember one thing. If you're listening and this has happened to you, go back. Because if in a couple weeks it's still bothering you, if you're having a problem, the x-ray on that won't show a fracture for sometimes a couple weeks. Wow. And it's very important that it's treated properly. So even if they if they suspect a fracture or they're not sure, it's probably best to immobilize it right off the get-go until you go back in a couple weeks and get it x-rayed. And then sure enough, it is or isn't fractured. But at least you've prevented any other damage or any other problems that can occur. Because when that bone doesn't have circulation, it becomes necrotic. Mm. Necrotic is a horrible term to learn because it means it's dead. Yeah. (laughs) And when the bone is no longer getting that circulation and dies, you might need – they basically take – bone from another part of your body and they uh they basically make you a new scaphoid Mm. so that's the surgery probably the very surgery that your your son had and and it is a long recovery and so these injuries are not to be um taken lightly so i want to get to in a in a little bit maybe after the break about uh how to protect yourself when you're you know so you don't slip in and 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 slide all over the place let's get to that in a minute but when it comes to because there's such a wide range of injuries that can happen with uh Foosh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, usually we talk about um, how we would heal them, how you would treat them and recover, but we can't get into them all, obviously, because there nope. are so many. So, what do you want people to know when it comes to uh, the rehab, when it comes to healing from an injury, from a Foosh injury? Yeah, I thought what we would end up talking about mostly is what happens when you fracture your wrist. That's the most common thing is that sca- that kind of scaphoid, uh, a colleague's fracture, the radial fracture, or fractures around the wrist. And commonly, and with young people, this is something that they can get away with. And that's that when the cast comes off, you know, just get active and things come back. But we're talking fit after 40, and unfortunately after 40, when you get immobilized in a cast and around the wrist, it's going to be for about six weeks typically. Um, maybe four weeks if you're if you're lucky and, and you have what's called callus early, but it's, it's usually around six weeks. You develop something called immobilization capsulitis around that wrist, and so the bone heals. Beautiful. You think, okay, cast is off and away I go. But unfortunately, when you come out, your wrist oftentimes very stiff, very difficult to move, lots of what we call trophic changes, changes around the skin and things like that, even sensitivity because it hasn't had um, you know, normal stimulus that mm-hmm. you would have. And so it's very important when you come out of that cast Whatever anybody tells you, I, I'm sure there's met physicians out there that might be saying, oh, I think it'll be okay. I'm telling you, we see when they aren't okay. So it's always better to have it addressed, assessed, and let us see what where you're at and give you some advice so that, in fact, you get, do get that full range of motion and that strength and those things so that that wrist doesn't become a problem later on down the road. So it is something that should be addressed. Okay when that cast comes off and that's kind of what I wanted to get to and getting it moving early on is so important even if it's painful coming out of the cast and sometimes having somebody to tell you it's okay is important too. (laughs) Grant Fedoric joining me this afternoon from Leading Edge Physiotherapy. It is another edition of uh, Fit After 40. Grant, hold the line for a second. Uh, When we talk about foosh injuries, oftentimes they happen. Obviously, you've fallen on something. Maybe you tripped on a rug or maybe you've slipped on a patch of ice. We know it's 
icy out there. We know that it can be pretty tricky. What you need to know about how to protect yourself when it's walking and icy. Have you ever heard about walking like a penguin? We'll get into that with Grant Fedorik right after we check traffic. This is 630 Chet Afternoons. From the Yellowhead to the White Mud. Take Jalen Nye along for the ride. 630 Chet, Edmonton's News. Today's talk. With Grant Fedorik, uh, the owner and physiotherapist at Leading Edge Physiotherapy, we're talking about foosh injuries. And if you're wondering, nah, what's a, what's a foosh injury? You're just joining us. It's when you fall onto an outstretched hand, and then you know all of the challenges that can come from that. As I mentioned just before the break, a lot of times they happen when it's icy out. And guess what? You know what? It's icy out. So Grant. How do we protect ourselves when we're walking on ice, when we're walking in icy conditions? Well, I know you want to hear about the penguin walk, <laughs> penguin walk but let's start with the footwear and, and proper attire. Okay. So that's where it all starts there. Um, being careful about what you wear. Running shoes are horrible on icy surfaces. Uh, you've, you really should be wearing proper boots that have Vibram or some sort of um, broad base. Okay. Uh, and running shoes are a disaster outside. One the material, when it gets cold, it provides no traction whatsoever. Running shoes tend to be a bit more narrow. They're not wide enough to give you that base of support. Why do we go walking in snow and snowshoes? It gives you that big, big base to cover, makes it a little bit more efficient. And so footwear, it starts there. It's really, really important. And I want to point out to those of you that are going out there to hurry up and shovel the walks really quick as soon as you can. <laughs> Don't, take your time, pick your footwear very carefully, mm -hmm. or you're going to spend six weeks in a cast, and then you're going to spend another two months with us. So, you know, we don't want to see you. That's kind of the way I always say it. <laughs> but if we, if when when it happens, we're happy to, you know, give you all the care you need. And then let's get into the penguin walk. You want to hear all about it? I want to hear about the penguin walk, Grant. <laughs> it's, you know, it is an effective way to do it when you're on icy surfaces. And cold surfaces are icy and slippery. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just have to have ice. It doesn't just have to have a skiff of snow. It's always worse when there's ice under a skiff of snow because you don't see it coming. But it's very important when you're on cold, cold surfaces to kind of get yourself the best position you can. And when it's really slippery, penguins know it. They know what they're doing. So you kind of <laughs> bend the knees a little bit, walk on a flat foot. So you're going to kind of turn your toes out a little bit. That gives you a wider base of support. And having your legs a little bit apart gives you more stability as well. And so you also allows you to keep your center of gravity more over your feet, which is really important. Okay. Watch where you're stepping. Mm -hmm. We typically tell people to look ahead when you're walking, but when it's really icy, it's not a bad idea to be looking down at the ground and see what's coming in front of you and pay attention to your steps. The other thing that you want to do when you're doing this kind of walk on the, on the the in this weather is make sure you don't have your hands in your pockets. Okay. So, you know, I said prepare wear proper shoes, put gloves on people. You putting your hands in your pocket in your jacket, let me tell you, when um, when you need your balance, one of the what, what's the first thing we do when we uh -huh. when you see somebody on a tightrope or uh -huh. when you see somebody walking on a beam, their arms are out. Yep. Very important to have that ability for you to get your hands out. If you do get a little slippy, not not preventing the fall you'll actually stop from falling if you can use your hands to offset your balance and your center of gravity is much wider that way 
And then kind of the other things that we talk about are these shuffle steps and being a little bit slow and taking your time. It's really important whenever, I mean, I remember who hasn't done this, you're in a hurry and you get moving and where do the feet go up in the air and where does your butt go right down on the ground? So, so take your time out there. And I think this is a very important topic today. <laughs> I would agree with you, my friend. All right. Thank you for this. Um, uh, this is the last Fit After 40 for 2022. want to thank yeah. you for this. And thanks for the great tips, because this is, again, a really important uh, conversation and topic to have, especially given the conditions that we're in right now. Uh, Grant, all the best to you, your family, and your teams at uh, Leading yeah. Edge Physiotherapy. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays to all the listeners and uh don't forget to walk like a penguin and try to stay out of the clinic if you can walk like a penguin <laughs> a happy right, new year take it easy grant fedoric over at leading edge physiotherapy uh checking in this afternoon yeah walk like a pen- penguin and, and you can just google that there's some really great videos if you can't picture it just by talking about it there's some great videos online as well so what do you need to know then if you're working in these extreme temperatures 